Ah, yes, from back in the day in Cotonou, Benin. That's the sensational orchestra polyrhythmo with the great papillon on guitar. And that takes me back. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Today's program, Treasures of Benin, from the voodoo funk of the 70s to the latest work from Benin's shining star, Angelique Kidjo, and Benin jazz from guitarist Lionel Lueke. We'll talk with all of these artists and we have some surprises for you, including an exciting update on Orchestre Polyrhythmo, so stay with us. But first, dear listeners, a different surprise. I will not be with you for this Afropop adventure. As much as I love the music and stories of Benin, the homeland is calling me. Mm-hmm. I'm off to Cameroon. I leave the hosting for this program to my friend and colleague and all things considered big shot. Banning air. It's an awesome responsibility, Georges, one big shot to another. <laughs> But folks, by the time you hear this, Georges will be on the farm in Cameroon and we will be heading for Benin. Starting out with Angelique Kijo. The song is Kelele from Angelique's CD, Oyo. Au foin, Angelique!
Angelique Kijo on Afropop Worldwide's Treasures of Benin. Banning air with you, sitting in for the traveling Georges Collinet. We're going to start out back in the day, the Benin of the 60s and 70s, the early years of independence. This was the heyday of vocalists like Nonios Pedro and Honoré Avalanto and the sensational band Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Cotonou. A lot of musical action centered around a production house and music store in Cotonou called Albarica Store, founded by legendary producer and entrepreneur Adisa Sedu. That's where Angelique Kijo's older brothers went to get the latest music coming out from around West Africa and also the U.S. Angelique revisits all this history on her 2010 CD, Oyo. She spoke to us about Oyo in her current home in Brooklyn, New York. Oyo means beauty, beauty of arts, and beauty of the essence of human beings. So that's why I call this album uh, Oyo, because it went back to my childhood. Benin at that time is no longer Benin that you have today. It was after the independence in the 60s when things start happening, new stuff, everybody was trying to open up to the rest of the world. Me, I was born in the middle of that mist. I was born two weeks before the independence of Benin. I was born in a house where music has always been the ultimate thing that everybody gathered together. As soon as a new LP comes in, the house comes to a stop. For me, as a child, they were weird. I mean, how, how, why do you all gather together and look at a cover of an album getting excited about it? When I was three or four years old, I was like, hey, I mean, I'm going I'm to go play. Pretty soon, though, Angelique fell right into the household spirit, and a unique musical education began. We were ten kids together. I was number seven, and um, my older brother and older sisters were the ones bringing the music home. And uh, my mom started a theater group. I was around six years old, and I started seeing different things, right? I started seeing masks that some people put on their face, on their head, to do their thing, costumes, raffia skirt, all those kind of stuff. And I was like, whoo, this is kind of fun. This is my, my, uh, my playground, so I'll be going inside everything, trying to smell some Some of the raffia was not dry. I was like, ooh, can, how can people wear this? I was just being a kid. And um, my brothers also decided to do music at that time. My father bought the instruments. The whole house was filled with people 24-7. The hubbub included sometimes as many as 40 actors, singers, and dancers rehearsing their parts for theater productions. And Angelique proved a quick study, learning their lines, moves, and songs. I'm so tiny that I can go everywhere. It, sometimes I'm there, people are talking, they don't know I'm there. I'm behind and behind the costume and everything. So there was this play about a great king of Benin called Akaba, and the thing that soothed the king's nerves like nothing else was the voice of a little girl. One time the girl actress got sick on the night of a big show at the Palais de Congrès. Angelique's mom had an idea, an idea Angelique wanted no part of. She knew where I was because I, I can't stay still, right? And I was moving my body, moving everything, and my mom coming. You singing? I'm like, no. I'm not singing. And I have some stuff all over me. She just cleaned me, put me the clothes. I'm like, I'm going nowhere. She mm -hmm, you're going on stage. No, I can't go. Next thing, poof, she pushed me on stage, and the spotlight was right there in my face. I couldn't see the public. I was like, so scared, I can hear my heart pounding, all the bones in my body going glug, 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 glug. 
was I'm never going to be able to sing. How in the world am I going to do this? And I knew the place was bad. And they thought that it was part of the show for me to be so scared. So they start laughing. Everybody start laughing. I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. When I make people laugh, not even opening my mouth, I'm singing now. So I start singing. And I never stop. I never stop. Angelique Kijo singing the song that first put her on the stage as a young girl in Benin. The funky guitar playing comes from Lionel Lueke, and we'll be hearing more from Lionel later in the program. One of Angelique's earliest role models was Bella Bello of Togo, a diva in her time. Bella Bello died too soon in a car accident in 1973. Angelique dedicated the first song she ever wrote to Bella, and she leads off Ayo with this cover of Bella's hit, Zeli.
Kijo with guests John Legend and Bono covering Curtis Mayfield's Move On Up. That song, along with Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, gave Angelique her first inklings of the global struggles of black people around the world. History and human rights would later become huge concerns in Angelique's work. But back then, she faced a more personal struggle. To many of her peers and elders, becoming a singer of popular music was taboo. When you're a traditional singer, you have a huge respect. But when you decide to put what the elderly people call instruments of evil because of sex, drug, and rock and roll that were everywhere in Africa, they don't like it at all. If, in, if you're a boy, you have a hard time too because they say it's not a job, you're never going to have the money to raise your family, and no parents want you to date their daughter. And when you're a girl, no man wants to marry you. Everybody thinks that you're just there free of charge for anything they want to do with you. It was not an easy moment at all in my life. And then I was like, why should I be coming back from school and people spitting on me, calling me all those kind of names? I don't want to sing anymore. And gladly, my grandmother, the mother of my mother, was home visiting. And I walked in and I was just like, so mad. I'm, like, I'm not singing anymore. I'm tired of this thing. And I was so mad. And she said, you love singing? I said, yes, I do. And then she said, so what does that matter if we call you name? Everybody in this house believe in your talent. We love hearing you sing. We all support you. Does that matter or the people outside matter more than your family? I'll give you a piece of an advice and you do whatever you want to do with it. You cannot love or please anyone as much as people cannot love you and please you too. If you're not happy with yourself, you're going to be miserable. If you're happy with what you're doing, keep on doing it. That's all that matters. Miriam Makeba has always been in my life without me really gauging the importance of what she's going to have in my life later on. I started singing Miriam Makeba, was, it was around seven, eight years old. Because my mom had, with her other household women, they have a movement, an association of women asking for women's rights. They used to drag me, they always tell my mom, bring your daughter along, she can sing. She sings better than us, we all sound like frogs, we need somebody that save our honor here. Bring her, your daughter, then she can sing loud enough for us, so they would put me in the front. I'd be like, hey, singing. It, the song that we were singing was the Miriam Akiba song called The Retreat Song. But it was sung in Beninese language form because they put the lyrics in, into the purpose because of the call in the beginning. Just to attract people's attention.
One song Miriam Makeba popularized would become a staple of Angelique Kijo's live show. Malaika, nakupenda malaika. Malaika, nakupenda malaika. Malaika came to my life when I was nine years old and I have been singing it since then. And all Miriam Akiba songs, I've learned them phonetically because I don't sing, I don't speak Zulu, nor Klosa, nor Sutu. But I, every language she has sung in so many different languages, I just copy the song as I hear them. You can read our complete interview with Angelique Kijo, including fascinating remembrances of her long friendship with Mary Makeba, on Afropop.org. Angelique's CD Oyo includes two songs made famous by Mary Makeba, including the iconic Mbube. I've always, always loved the original version of Mbube. All the other covers, they're great, they're whatever you, but they never make it to me. They never touch me as deeply as the original one because when you listen to original Mbube, there are so many things happening. The voice, the way it's, it's put together. I mean, you, it's amazing. You got, just gotta listen to it. It's just so overwhelming. when they cover it, they make it simpler. Because in order to do that, you have to learn every part as I did, and I put every part in it. And it was hell, believe me. It was not easy to really get, listen to it and get the part and to put them together because sometimes they confronted each other. But that was the beauty of it. So for me, it's one of those songs that is um, never gonna go out of fashion and yet needed to be revived. Yeah, 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 yeah
Angelique Kijo with Mbube, Solomon Linda's song made famous by Miriam Makeba, Pete Seeger and the Weavers, and countless others since. You're listening to Afropop Worldwide with Treasures of Benin. Banning Air with you, sitting in for Georges Collinet. A number of the artists Angelique honors on her album Oyo come not from Benin or even Africa, but the diaspora, especially the good old USA. When we're talking singers like Aretha Franklin, Growing up as a girl and you don't have a role model in what you do is very hard. Especially when you have the whole society against you telling you what you're doing is wrong. So here comes Aretha. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Now I can say that. Before, I couldn't say that at all. I would mumble the stuff. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was saying. Abby. Mommy, yell, shoot, Peter. And then my mother said, what the hell are you talking about? Teba, teba, hey, hey, hey. I've been singing like that and my mom is like, this girl is just gonna drive us crazy. <laughs> Actually, Angelique reminded us the first version of Respect was sung by another of her heroes, Otis Redding. The voice of Otis Redding was just like, oh my God, blue. And then there was the godfather himself, James Brown. In a cold sweat. Brown was the top of the list. There were no party in Benin, no nightclub, ever without James Brown. You don't put James Brown, oh, your party sucks. Period, man. <laughs> Another party staple in the 70s was Carlos Santana. But did the young Angelique Kijo ever imagine that she would one day share concert stages with Santana? Never, but it was not impossible for me. Because my parents has always said, dream, dream big. Dream big. And that's just what Angelique has done ever since. She sang at the opening ceremony of the 2010 World Cup in Johannesburg, and she was recently named a peace ambassador by the African Union. Go girl! Here's Angelique's cover of Santana's Samba Pati with super chilled brass arranging, compliments of Roy Hargrove. <laughs>
Kijo and Roy Hargrove. So cool. Remember, you can read our complete interview with Angelique, plus see a special web video of it, and so much more on our fabulous, recently redesigned website, afropop.org. Don't miss it. Coming up, Gangbe Brass Band, Lionel Lueke, and Orchestra Polyrhythmo on Treasures of Benin. This is Banning Air, in for Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRI, Public Radio International. Our salute to the West African nation of Benin continues with voodoo jazz from the one and only Gangbe Brass Band. Hit it, guys.
Benin's Gangbe Brass Band, paying tribute here to their brave forebears who fought against the slave trade in the age of old Dahomey. Gangbe have transformed the colonial tradition of brass bands, bringing in all sorts of ideas from indigenous music, religion, and history. They're real trailblazers on the local scene. We turn now to another Beninois trailblazer, one who has moved beyond the country to his current base in New York City. Have a listen to ace guitarist Lionel Lueke. Lionel Lueke with his long-standing jazz trio. This group started 10 years ago when the players were all students at Berklee College of Music in Boston. Before that, Lionel studied music in Ivory Coast and Paris. And since Berklee, he spent time at the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz in Los Angeles, where he won the admiration of legends like Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter. These days, Lionel is in high demand on the New York scene, but going back to his youth in Benin, we wondered what first attracted him to jazz music. I think it's the improvisation part, you know, like have that space, that time to express yourself. We do have that in Africa too. Many people don't realize, you know, if you get the example of the grills, you know, they improvise singing and words and everything, you know. Lionel's album, Mwaliko, includes a song called Griot. The first time I heard jazz, it was just something different. You know, it was something new, so I was curious, you know. At first of all, I didn't know it was based on improvisation. And then I just did some transcription by years, you know, for, for many years with my cassette player and deaf battery, slowing down the, the speed. But I think that what made me decide to play jazz is that freedom in the music. categorized you know I think I studied jazz to help my music you know to understand better even African music you know so what I do is I just let out whatever comes to my heart I just let it out it doesn't matter so it's very hard for me to categorize myself sometimes people ask me what kind of music you play you know, I don't really know because it's a mix of different things but one thing is sure uh, Africa is definitely there you know uh, that's the biggest influence of course you know in my music. Mwaliko means invitation, and it's an album of duos, many with excellent young jazz players in New York City. But the Africa connection does come through strongly. For example, on Lionel's duo with Cameroonian maestro Richard Bona, the song is called Hide Life.
Pablo de caca na cua mi rubeu Rondi de ranwe mi na robo do capoco Ndo wa mi na guago Monta batu ele bi Bogli bonu video Loku madoazan de ao Pablo de caca na cua mi rubeu Rondi de ranwe mi na robo do capoco with guest Richard Bona channeling old school palm wine and high life on the song Hide Life. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it was so much fun. You know, I mean, you, you can hear on the CD, um, you know, I've been playing with him for a few years now. And every time we do this duo thing, it always works, you know. It's almost like we don't speak the same language, but in a way we do. I don't have to explain anything to him. And he doesn't have to explain, we know how it works. That's definitely um, a big, big thanks to, to our continent, that last track, you know, it's joyful, it's, it's a happy song. The CD Moliko leads off with Lionel's collaboration with Angelique Kijo, and it turns out these two go way back. Oh yes, you know, she was playing with my older brother. You know, they were playing the same band, so I remember I was maybe 11, I was going to to check them out, you know, I was staying awake until two in the morning, you know, just listening to her and my brother playing. So, yeah, we know each other for a long time. <laughs> and she's our light, you know, she's the one, she's just powerful and uh, it's beyond the continent. She's just doing it right, in the right way. Here's Lionel Lueke and Angelique Kijo with their version of an Afropop classic, Amio. By the way, Lionel told us Angelique laid this down in one take. No redos, no overdubs. I guess that's what he means by doing it right. Oh, <laughs> 
and I turned you away. Sweet. These are members of the classic Benin band Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Cotonou singing backstage for Afropop Worldwide following their sold-out New York concert debut. This historic concert was presented by Lincoln Center in June 2010. It's amazing that it took Orchestra Polyrhythmo more than 40 years to reach the United States. But actually the most amazing part might be that they're still around at all. Singer and founding member Vincent Ahenu told us the band started in 1968, playing mostly funk and Afro-Latin music. Les gens aimaient beaucoup ce qu'on faisait et on s'est dit ben 
Pourquoi est-ce que nous ne ferions pas un peu comme eux en utilisant le, 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 la musique de notre terroir People liked what we were doing a lot, but they started to ask, why didn't we play songs that drew from music of our own land We were born in a country where, at one time, there was no Christianity. It was the culture of animists, Vodun. We ourselves were born in this, cradled in the Vodun religion. It has very, very beautiful melodies. So we started using the bells, the tam-tam, and the two most popular rhythms, the sato and the sakpata. Sato and Sakpata, those are rhythms from African religion that became huge in the Benin pop music of the 70s. For polyrhythmo, the song that really broke things open was called Betty Madro. It talks about the true nature of friends and enemies in African society. But even for people who couldn't understand the words, this song pricked up ears. Betty Madro a pris comme feu. Betty Majot caught on like a fire, and it was a big surprise. We went all over Africa with this song. Let's hear it. Recorded in Lagos in 1970, Orchestra Polyrhythmo with Betty Majot. Frenetic 1970 hit for Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Cotonou, Betty Majro. Bien, je suis Mélame Clément, le responsable, le chef de l'Orchestre Polyrhythmo. Au Collège au Pierre, on m'appelait Américain. I am Melome Clément, chief and founder of Polyrhythmo. In college, they called me the American. I wrote Betty Madro and it was played in America. But I never imagined I would come here to play it myself. To be honest, neither did we. 
But Orchestra Polyrhythmo came and they sounded fantastic. They're at work on a new CD for the international market, but meanwhile, we're digging into two beautiful compilations of the band's early work from the Analog Africa label. Be sure to check out Afropop.org for a full discography of great music from Benin. Now here's more from the 70s heyday of Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Cotonou.
Orchestra Polyrhythmo de Cotonou on Afropop Worldwide's Treasures of Benin. I'm Banning Air, sitting in for Georges Collinet. You know, this guy. Support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts that believes a great nation deserves great arts, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And remember to support the station that brings you Afropop Worldwide. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the world-famous Apollo Theater, presenting Africa Now 2016, featuring Bambino from Niger, Mukumba from Zimbabwe, Jojo Abo from Ghana, and Al Sarah and the Nubatones from Sudan on Saturday, March 26th. More information at apollotheater.com. And from Nunsuch Records, presenting Neso, the new album from Malian singer-songwriter Rokia Traore, on tour in the U.S. this spring. More info on the web at nonesuch.com. Before we go, we leave Benin to note the passing of a brilliant and beloved West African musician. Guitarist, composer, singer, and bandleader Lobi Traore of Mali died suddenly in June 2010. Lobi was a true original, a master stylist, and a dear friend to many of us in the Afropop family. He left behind two amazing new albums, an intimate solo acoustic session called Rainy Season Blues and a live electric set called Boatikono, In the Club. That's the way I remember Lobi, burning away the wee hours of a Bamako Sunday morning with a floor full of ecstatic dancing couples before him. We will miss you, Lobi, and our last song today comes from you.
late, great Lobi Traore of Mali. Rest in peace, man. Thanks to Angelique Kijo, Lionel Luecki, and Orchestra Polyrhythmo for their help with this program. My Afropop partner is Sean Barlow. Sean produces our program for World Music Productions. Research, production, and guest hosting for this program by yours truly, Banning Air. And remember, you can read our complete interview with Angelique Kijo, plus see our web video of her, and find out lots more about Benin music on afropop.org. Our chief audio engineer and co-producer is Michael Jones. Additional engineering by Mike Kaplan, Banning Air, and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our producer for new media is Ataneo Fiaggia. And I'm Georges Collinet. And I'm Banning Air. <laughs> PRI Public Radio International